Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Pella Window and Door of Georgia, viewed to be the best. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. You know, summer is really just getting going here around Dog Nation, but we've already had a pretty interesting summer here when it comes to things with Dog Nation and on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Pella Window and Door of Georgia. And I was thinking about one of those things today as we're getting ready for today's show of some of the stuff that's been said on our broadcast going back the last few weeks. And probably there is nothing more interesting than what the great former dog and current ESPN analyst, one of the hosts of ESPN's College Game Day, David Pollack, said when he was on the show the other day. A little bit of an eye-opening statement about how the Georgia defense this season could be different, likely will be different than it was last year, which is maybe a little bit of wake-up call from some fa- for some fans if David turns out to be right, but also a little bit of extra responsibility for the Georgia offense. Let me let you hear David Pollock as a way of setting us up for a conversation here today. This is how he thinks the Georgia defense in 2022 is going to be different from the record-setting historic Georgia defense in 2021. This is David Pollock from our show a couple of days ago. This defense is going to be at least 10 points a game worse than it was a year ago. Hmm. Okay? That sounds horrible, Brandon. That sounds terrible. They'll still be in the top 30 in scoring defenses in the country. Like, they're still going to be really yeah. good, but you're, but you're going from historic good, historic great. Five guys drafted in the first round. That doesn't even count in the Kobe Dean. So, I mean, you're just, you're just talking about you're going from super special to something that's going to be different, but Who's your leading sack guy? You got Beal back. You got Noel Smith, who I think is your heartbeat. The best defensive player on that in the, on that in the team is Jalen Carter to me. So he's coming back next year. So you've got a, a lot of pieces to be very successful. Yes, they're going to have to be aggressive. Yes, um, you're going to have to continue to get the quarterback, and that's something that that group I think did prove they could do really, really well at a high level, which which sets you apart from many defenses of Georgia's defensive past, but. Um, again, they're going to take a significant step back, but they're still going to be really solid. There's a funny thing there at the beginning of that clip, and I just now noticed this when uh, David says, they're going to give up at least 10 more points per game this year than they did a year ago. You could hear me go, hmm. Sort of sounds like I've been punching the stomach there on that. Hmm. I really hope that's not true. Uh, but obviously David's a smart guy, and if he says that it's worth taking very seriously and giving strong consideration to, and when we've talked to other Georgia fans about that, what they've kind of said is, hey, hopefully it's not 10 full points. Maybe it's only six or seven more points per game. If you actually gave up a, a touchdown more per game in 2022 than you did in 2021, that actually kind of puts you in that sort of top 20 range. It kind of puts you into a similar spot that where Alabama was a year ago. And I think for some Georgia fans, that's a more comforting idea than giving up 10 more points per game in 2022 than it did in 2021 and admittedly i'm maybe a little more optimistic about that right now than maybe david comes across as being right there but in some form or fashion the spirit of what david's saying there is probably true that as the georgia defense regresses maybe just slightly after having lost five first round picks off its unit from a year ago a little bit more of a responsibility for the georgia offense to be very good going into this upcoming season there as well that if you want to be as good as you were a year ago and you're losing 10 points from one side of the ledger you better find a way to get about 10 more points or so on the other side of the ledger and some of that better come from the georgia offense now you should take comfort if you're a uga fan in knowing that kirby smart is fully embracing this as an idea that the georgia offense which he's going to tell you 
was better than a lot of folks thought a year ago is ready to be explosive for this upcoming year there as well. And if there is some ground to be made up for because of what the Georgia defense isn't in comparison to 2021, then finding a chance for the Georgia offense to be even more than it was, that's certainly something that could be a possibility there as well. When he was on the uh, uh, WJOX morning radio show the other day down in Birmingham, Alabama, Smart talked about his outlook for the Georgia offense at the time. This is what he said. Well, we want to be explosive, and we were last year. You know, people people have this miss. Everybody talks about the defense; it got overshadowed that we were top ten in explosive passes, um, a lot better than a lot of a lot of teams in the country at throwing the ball down the field. Uh, we did that with very effective because we were able to run the ball. So we have to continue to do that. We've got some tight ends we got to utilize. We've got three or four wideouts that are really good players, and we think we've got some really good young backs that are going to help us. So with Stetson coming back and uh, the other quarterbacks we have competing, I'm excited to see what we can do offense now by now you know because it's been a very hot topic for me that i do believe the georgia offense was overshadowed last season and i do believe the georgia offense was way better than a lot of folks realize in fact had the georgia defense last year instead of being greatest of all time or whatever you know argument folks are going to have about it if it was just merely good i think that people would have been a lot more uh, attuned to the fact that the Georgia offense was also really, really good as well. It was, Smart used the word overshadowed, defense last year overshadowed the offense. You've heard me explain that and, and give evidence for that many, many times. But what if I told you this? What if I told you, even for someone like me, for whom this is well-traveled turf, the notion that the Georgia offense was underrated and overshadowed, what if I told you there was even a stat that proves that, that even I, wasn't completely aware of until I was made aware of it within the last couple of days. Well, this is the time of year in which, and some of you know this, I love old school preseason college football magazines. Now, that's probably not a huge surprise if you didn't know that. Many of you already did know that, but me being maybe a little bit of an old school guy from time to time, the notion of, hey, you read everything on the internet these days, but go to the newsstand, pick up a, a magazine, take it with you to the pool, take it with you to the beach, and just read these old school college football magazines. There's still a few of them left. I still love them. And this is the time of year when they kind of start showing up on newsstands. Now, as a preview for the Athlon Sports college football magazine that's about to be on newsstands online at their website athlonsports.com they have their preseason top 25 georgia is number three in the preseason top 25 for athlon i'm guessing georgia's pretty much going to be almost everyone's number three bam ohio state getting those top two nods georgia right underneath that ahead of everybody else i think that's a pretty good place for georgia to be that's essentially right where georgia would have been this time a year ago and you know how that season turned out so georgia at number three in the preseason right now officially in the polls maybe a lot of the unofficial preseason polls that seems like a pretty good spot but as i was reading the athlon sports top 25 and i'll give you more of this coming up a bit later on the show but the specific capsule for georgia the write-up for georgia included a stat that i have to admit i wasn't aware of now maybe you were aware of this and maybe that just means you're smarter than me but let me now make everybody aware of this as i read to you what athlon said about georgia and what's interesting here and this is the reason why i played the uh pollock clip a moment ago david pollock saying hey the georgia offense gonna pick up the slack for the georgia defense and kirby smart saying hey this offense is ready to be explosive that was also one of the things that the athlon writer here uh centered in on in which when he talked about georgia let me read this to you from the athlon sports preseason top 25 magazine on newsstands coming up so this is what they say about georgia that even if the defense takes a small step back 
the Bulldogs don't lack for firepower on the other side of the ball. Now, here's the stat that I did not know, and I find this to be pretty amazing. That under coordinator Todd Munkin's watch, Georgia led the SEC in scoring offense last season at 37.8 points per game in conference-only matchups last year. Once again, that's the Athlon Sports write-up on Georgia, who they have as number three in their preseason poll. Did you catch that stat? Georgia scored more points per game last season when playing SEC foes than anybody else in the SEC. That's a very important stat, and that's a stat that I did not realize that Georgia led the SEC in. Obviously, they were behind Alabama in scoring per game, but the reason why this SEC only or this like intra-conference matchup stat matters is because it's pretty easy to pad your stats when you're playing non-conference opponents, but what you do against SEC competition is one of those things that takes it to the next level. And you may be hearing this saying, well, gosh, how could that be? Let's not forget here for a moment. Alabama only scored 20 points last year against LSU in its regular season game, scored just 24 against Auburn, had to go to overtime to do that. You know, Alabama did not show up big offensively at least a couple of times last year when facing SEC foes. Now, by comparison, Georgia didn't play very well offensively against Alabama in the SEC championship, and it really needed some big defensive plays to get north of that 30-point number against Florida. We'll acknowledge that. But still, the number speaks for itself, that Georgia did better than Alabama on a per-game basis against SEC foes last year when it comes to scoring. That's one of those things that might stand out as a little bit of a surprise to some. But here's the other thing there as well. And this speaks to, once again, something that we have addressed before, is that one of the untold stories for Georgia's success is just how good Todd Munkin, who Athlon mentions by name there, just how good Munkin has been at, at, at building an offense here for UGA, creating a system that works for Georgia. Because what was the number? 37.8 points. Is that what they said for uh, for Georgia? Almost 38 points per game against SEC competition in 2021. Would you like to hear for a moment what Georgia averaged when playing against SEC foes in the last year before Munkin got here, which was 2019? In that year, against eight SEC foes, including the SEC championship game LSU, Georgia only averaged 22.75 points per game against SEC teams in 2019. Now, against non-conference foes, Georgia Tech and Arkansas State and Murray State, for the most part, Georgia was very explosive offensive. I think it scored, what, 40 or 50 or more in all three of those games. But against SEC foes, the ones that matter more than anything else, Georgia averaged just 22.75 points per game almost doubling that number, at least, you know, approaching that uh, in 2021 under Todd Munkin. What an amazing turnaround. What an amazing success story. And what an amazing reminder to UGA fans that maybe Athlon Sports is right. Georgia takes a slight step back defensively. Or maybe David Pollock's right and the step back's even more than just slight. Maybe it is 10 more points per game the defense allows. Georgia has still, I believe, every bit of a chance to be just as good this year as it was last season, even if the overall makeup of the team is a little bit different. That as the defense regresses just slightly, the offense under Todd Munkin may be continuing its trend of amazing progress year after year after year. Better than folks realized in 2021 and maybe better than a lot of folks can imagine as you head towards 2022. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented today by Pella Window and Door of Georgia. Hello to you. Whether you join us normally 945 for our first and 15, dognation.com, Dog Nation app. There was no first and 15 today, simply because we are pre-recording the show as some of our folks take advantage of a Memorial Day holiday, and all of you, hopefully you're doing the same thing. 
So we certainly appreciate you being with us there for that. Uh, also, podcast, all the different platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, video, starting at 10 a.m., radio normally at noon on Athens Sports Radio 960, The Ref there as well. A lot of different ways for you to get in touch with us, and we just really appreciate you being here, and we appreciate our friends at Pella Window and Door of Georgia for making it all possible there as well. Equipping your house with energy-efficient windows and doors makes your house look better on the outside, makes it feel better on the inside. All of that is what you get when it comes to Pella Window and Door of Georgia. You know it may be time for you to get better windows, better doors, and it's also maybe time for you to have that no-pressure consultation and get some expert advice from uh, a Pella expert who can walk you through all the options available to you, whether it be samples for you to see, touch, and feel, or you want to hear about the installation options, the stuff going on there at Pella Window and Door of Georgia. Whatever uh, questions you may have, one of their experts can answer them for you there, too. I can also tell you about great savings there as well. A little more time to take advantage of this between now and June 2nd. 50% off qualifying installations or 0% APR for 24 months. Pella also offers really the best warranty in the entire industry with uh, service, also unparalleled uh, expertise and all that there, too. And you can stop by and visit the uh, Experience Center right there in Duluth. We were live there a couple of weeks ago. Our buddy John Stinchcomb was with us there for that. And you can check this out for yourself there too it's every monday through uh friday from nine to uh i should say nine to five saturday they're open from 10 to 4 you can check that out or if you want to start your shopping experience by reaching out by phone or online how about pella of ga.com slash dog nation that's pella of ga uh try that one more time pella of ga.com slash dog nation you can also give them a call 678-638-1496 that number once again 678-638-1496 pella window of door of georgia is viewed to be the best. So I told our video audience this a moment ago, it's a Memorial Day. You're tempted to want to say Happy Memorial Day. You also understand that uh, this is a day of really somber reflection. Obviously, so many folks over the course of decades and centuries you know, paid the ultimate price in sacrifice for our country for the freedoms we get to enjoy. That's heavy on our minds today. We also enjoy the kind of unofficial kickoff to summer that this weekend provides there too. So hopefully you're finding yourself off and at the pool or at the lake or at the beach or doing something to enjoy that. And boy, it is just a tremendous thing for us that you take Dog Nation Daily presented by Pella Window and Door of Georgia as you go about and do all of that. I mentioned John Stinchcomb a moment ago. He's going to be with us here in a minute. And there's a very good reason to have John Stinchcomb on today, which I'll tell you more about then. Before that, though, let's go around the doghouse, assisted today by our friends at AAA. And it's kind of nice to check in on some of those former dogs in the NFL now. And, you know, when Trayvon Walker was drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars, this was a little bit controversial to some Jags fans because Trayvon was a little bit of an ensemble player at Georgia, did not have those huge, robust stats. If you're taking a guy number one overall and you understand why NFL fans would feel this way, they want to have the belief that guy's a future franchise player. If it's a you know guy like Trayvon Walker, they want to think of him as a future Aaron Donald. Or if you want to go back, you know, you know Reggie White, they, they want this to be a, a game-wrecking, game-changing type player. And given the role that Trayvon played at Georgia, some Jags fans doubted or, or at least wondered aloud whether or not that would be true. And we don't yet know how good Trayvon's going to be down there in Jacks, but we do know this, that he's off to a very good start with his professional career and the new Jaguars coach, Doug Peterson. And by the way, for Trayvon Walker, how happy are you not to be playing for Urban Meyer after that debacle a year ago? But within the last few days, Peterson has raved over the start that Trayvon Walker's gotten off to there with his NFL career as a way of checking in on how this former dog is doing in the pros. Let's hear his new coach, Doug Peterson. Yeah, he's he's been been doing really well. You know, he he's been in here 
um, all last week and, and, and really embracing, you know, the role, obviously. Um, been working at the one position and, and, and doing extremely well. He He's such a pro. He's such... He's so hard on himself, you know. He, he doesn't want to make a mistake, and, and you just got to tell him, like, hey, just just calm down, relax. Everything's going to be okay. we got plenty of time before we play a game. But, you know, you, you like players like that who who are, who are critical of themselves and their performance because they want to do they want to do well, and, and he's, been, he's been one of those guys. Don't you love hearing that level of professionalism praised by Doug Peterson? It's just kind of nice to know that's the case. I mean, listen, it's fun to cheer for Georgia football, and we would cheer for Georgia football, I guess, regardless of those of us who do. But to know the kinds of guys that are coming through this program, being developed by this program, earn those kinds of reviews in the early stage of their NFL career. And listen, I get that. They're not going to say a bad word about the number one overall pick this quick into his career, just shortly after the start of his first rookie OTA. I, I get all that. But you also get the sense that was the genuine feeling of Peterson, the words that he spoke. And it's just kind of nice to hear Walker spoken about that way. That is Around the Doghouse. It is assisted today by our friends at AAA. And obviously AAA doing so much uh, for us here around Dog Nation. I mentioned a moment ago, a lot of you traveling right now, you're going to those uh, beach locations or lake locations or whatever else. A lot of summer trips going on right now. And you take AAA with you for that legendary roadside assistance. But also, you know that AAA can do a lot of other things for you there as well. How about switching to AAA for your home insurance there too? And if you do that, you can qualify for what's known as claim forgiveness. It's such a really good deal and a great opportunity that comes to you via AAA. Your first claim on your home in, home, home insurance can be forgiven uh, when you're insured and claim-free with insurance for AAA for five years. So that's a really awesome opportunity that comes your way via AAA. And you can check out a lot more about this, all the features and benefits that come with the um, claim forgiveness coverage opportunity there from AAA. When you go to AAA.com slash home insurance, that's AAA.com slash home insurance. You can also give them a call 833-718-2075 to find out more about that. It's 833-718-2075. Now, this is also that time when I get to go into my uh, legal disclaimer voice here a little bit. Last time when I did this, I tripped up on a little bit. Let's see if I can get through it clean this time. The coverage is subject to all policy terms, conditions, exclusions, and limitations. Discounts and saving opportunities subject to eligibility requirements, subject to underwriting requirements as well. Insurance underwritten by member select insurance company and non-affiliated insurance companies. Copyright 2022. The Auto Club Group. All rights reserved. Look, I did that pretty well. Not too bad here today. All right, that is Around the Dog House, assisted by AAA. Make sure, surely, you do check out that uh, great uh, home insurance option they're offering you right now. Great deal there for them. All right, I told you a moment ago, it is great to have John Stinchcomb today because as we're recording this ahead of our broadcast there on Monday, John has been spending some time, very important meeting, athletic board meeting, big changes to Sanford Stadium discussed, new contract for Kirby Smart discussed. John going to give some of those details here right now on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Pella Window and door of georgia happy to have him and all of you with us here on this holiday monday from athens and across the sec or wherever the recruiting trail may lead here's a dognation.com insider so john typically a monday guest for us although it feels like quite some time since we've had a normal monday around here but uh nonetheless happy to have him stepping out of uh, a little bit of a board meeting there or stepping away from some nice time around the uh, lake to come hang out with us which is certainly a step down in what he could have been doing so we're very grateful for john's time here today on dog nation daily presented by pella window and door of georgia john thanks for being with us hope you're doing well doing great it's uh if i'm coming out of the first board meeting and a lot of positive movement that dog fans will be really excited about and 
uh, I'm, I'm staring out at Lake County and the Ritz-Carlton, so there's literally no complaints to be had. Yeah, sounds awful good there. So I want to find out more about kind of what's been talked about here at the athletic board meeting, but for some of our folks who, hey, you know, they hear certainly a very fancy-sounding title, UGA Athletic Board, that's something you're a part of. Give us a little bit of an idea of what the athletic board is and kind of what it does on a yearly basis and kind of what your role in that in is specifically. Sure, and uh, I'm one of the alumni. The, the board is made up of a mix of alumni and faculty, and it's advisory in that uh, we <laughs> – at times get first crack at some information of, of what's going on and proposals. So sometimes uh, with media present, which is a, a good deal of what these meetings are, it becomes more of a, uh, uh, a media opportunity, a broadcast, if you will, to get information out there. But there's also some opportunity to engage with the athletic department directly um, and, and try to make sure that we're pointed in the right direction and, and possibly look for ways to do things a little bit better at times so uh, i've been fortunate enough to be on this board golly it's probably since 2015 so seven years um and and been privy to some good conversations and also had some opportunities to weigh in and and help and offer a, a different perspective on some of the decisions that are being made so i've been following some of this on social media here today as we're recording this we're recording on a thursday the day of the meeting obviously airing this here on a monday but two of the big things to kind of come up here i want to deal with you on both these things a little bit some changes coming to sanford state we've kind of known about this now for a while but it sounds like and listen this is a very sad thing for me because i love the sanford stadium press box there's no better view uh, <laughs> uh for those of us coastal elites in the broadcast media it's a very relaxing spot to watch georgia football but that space can be better used from a money standpoint obviously with you know luxury seating things like that so that is among the changes coming to Sanford Stadium here what else can you tell us about what's in store for the uh, stadium that Georgia calls home well BA first off if you'd like to keep those seats I'm sure they can be had <laughs> and just for the right price that's right? exactly right I can keep my same yeah. seat if I'm willing to write a very large check that's very true that's it absolutely I'll give Ford your number He'll contact you. But there you go. I, I think fans will most likely be uh, very impressed with the amount of space that's getting added to the back of that Section 100 on the south side. You know, it's a tiny little 10-foot corridor, and all of a sudden, uh, Phase 1 is going to include the expansion. will almost double in size. So major improvements there. Gate 9, which is that uh, – bottom corner of, of the bridge access point to the stadium that's going to get expanded pretty drastically and have a number of more access points there um, and and, in, and also in doing will encompass most of the bridge as uh, in stadium space if you will on game day it's going to be a there's a number of temporary gates that are going to be added but um it's uh, just a number of really this is fan-based improvements that are probably long overdue um, that it's going to come in two phases obviously uh, there's some additions to uh, donor space which you know will ultimately help fund this entire project but you look at fan experience and that's certainly been at the forefront of, of a lot of the revisions that are being made in that space. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I joke about this a lot. You talk about expanding the concourses. People say, hey, should Sanford Stadium sell beer? Should it sell wine? Should it sell things like that? And I always say, listen, a lot of those concessions, stands, they could sell whatever they want, but it's not going to matter because people can't really get there. You know, the idea that that's even much of an issue for people until some of those concourses are expanded, it's a little bit easier to walk around there. And that one area that you mentioned, you know, the, in the oldest parts of Sanford Stadium, I don't know if people were just smaller in the old days or if there's just more people in the stadium now <laughs> than there used to be, but some of those are just very narrow walkways, and you know they've tried to do some things they can with the traffic flow as it is, but ultimately you just need more space. And in some parts of the stadium, they've created that additional space by kind of widening the, the ticketed area. But for other kinds of things, if you want to improve the in-game experience for certain people, whether it be one day adding more to the concession stands or whatever else, the first step to that is is making that area more easily accessible, and obviously bigger concourses give you a chance to do that. That's what pro football stadiums have. You know, they're newer stadiums for the most part. College stadiums are, in a lot of ways, all very old places, and this is the way in which you kind of rectify the way in which old stadiums used to be built, right? Yes, and I, you know, I, I love the fact that an old stadium has character. Me too. And Sanford Stadium is one of the best venues in the world, in my opinion, but there's always room for improvement. And that space, they've added a little bar right down the middle to help direct traffic. But it gets clogged, man. And then if you have any kind of claustrophobic issues, it's a problem. And so being able to create more space there, there's going to be more points of sale for uh, buying uh, you know, the, the hot dogs, which every, all the prices were reduced last year. And there's a number of improvements just for fan experience that I think um, we can appreciate now that I'm on the other side of things. This doesn't really affect the way the football team is going to uh, be able to execute on a Saturday, but it'll certainly affect our ability to enjoy uh, that process. And in addition to that, the number of, I forget the number, but the number of toilets available for women is, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's impressive. I mean, it's, they showed the space, just the footprint that it will now cover and, uh, I think ladies can appreciate being able to get back to the game a heck of a lot quicker than what they've been subjected to for a number of these years. So number of improvements, um, obviously more sweet space. That's important. Uh, the press box is going to move, uh, but being able to get into the game and exit at, through gate nine, as well as uh, just going through the concourse, whether before, after, or during, uh, there's going to be a lot more flow uh, and, and access that that's granted by some of these improvements. There's also discussion ongoing about Kirby Smart's contract. We know an extension's coming, and I've seen quotes from Jerry Moorhead, the university president, about uh, you know commensurate with a national championship winning coach, and obviously it's going to be a very big deal. But as I'm speaking to you now, I don't have too many specifics about this. Is there anything that you can tell us about the contract extension forthcoming for Kirby Smart here? Oh, sure. I'll tell you that uh, both sides are very willing and wanting. Um, we, we talked about it, and most likely a decision will be made. Uh, hopefully an agreement is reached after the SEC media days. And um, yeah, We want Coach Smart to be here for a long time, and he needs to be compensated in a way that reflects that he's one of five national championship winning coaches that are still in the game. And um, hopefully we can come to terms and I feel confident that we can in a way that reflects that. And in addition to um, 
renewing his contract. Josh Brooks, the, the athletic director in Athens, is also up for uh, uh, looking at his contract because now uh, you know he's young on the job and didn't have great experience in the SEC world, at least as a as a head athletic director. But what he's been able to do in the first year and a half of his tenure um, has merited uh, a, a modest. I think that's the term that yeah. President Moorhead uses, a modest bump um, in, in the remainder of his contract. And, uh, you know, we're excited about the direction that the athletics department is going, at least in the stuff that we can control. I mean, most of our conversations on Dog Nation reflect NIL and transfer portals. But um, for what's going on in-house in, in Athens, there's a lot to be excited about. So this is a little bit of an indelicate question, but I think it kind of has to be asked. I obviously believe Kirby Smart getting a big contract extent- extension is very good news, you know, rewarding him for his hard work, but also signaling the likelihood this is a long-term relationship between Georgia and Smart. That's obviously, if you're a UGA fan, what you want to be true. But it does come at a time in which there's a lot of questions out there about what to do with the money that's coming into college athletics. And you know, some people are going to hear, oh, you're about to pay a coach, let's just say $10 million a year, whatever it ends up being. I think it'll be something close to that. Some people are going to be saying, well, how come Kirby's getting $10 million if we're debating about whether or not players should be getting whatever it is that we're debating about them right now? My question for you is, how do you think the news of a very lucrative contract extension for Smart will be received outside kind of the bubble of Dog Nation, given the ongoing chatter around the rest of the sport right now? Well, I, I think what we're looking at is, is offering fair market value to uh, an employee at the University of Georgia. And that is a different conversation than the one that's being had about student athletes across the country. Now, that term has, has uh, changed in definition in recent years because I think we all recognize that players are getting paid and getting paid a, a handsome ransom, if you will, in certain scenarios, and um, it's coming from third parties. Uh, you know, it, it, as I sit through these athletic board meetings, there's a number of different ways that money is, is getting transferred to players directly through uh, cost of living and uh, academic achievement awards, which means you know, you're, you're passing your classes and, and staying eligible and staying a part of the team. But it pales in comparison to the hundreds of thousands and, in some cases, billions of dollars these quote-unquote amateur athletes are receiving for their name, image, and likeness. And that's something that athletic departments don't control directly. And I think we all recognize that the landscape by which college football specifically is being played is much different than what it was just five years ago and will look much different than it is now five years from now. Um, you know, it's, it's passing conversations that doesn't take very long to get to the Texas A&M and Tennessee's of the world yeah. that undeniably have invested millions. And we're not talking directly through their athletic departments. We're talking about third parties that are very interested and invested in seeing their team succeed. And um, it's, it's a much different market than what you experience and what we witnessed through the NFL, and much different than obviously – much different than what college football has offered in the past. So there's a, there's a lot left to be decided. But when you're talking about comparing what a head coach uh, that is an employee at a 
through an athletic department, um, what he's making in contrast to what college football players was making is two very different conversations. I'm going to squeeze one thing in before I let you go. We don't have to make this very long, but this kind of contract for a guy that's a Georgia alumnus, his wife's a Georgia alumna, I mean, like, this is as deeply entrenched in Athens family as you can be, and Georgia's obviously making a strong financial commitment to him, whatever it's going to be. We just know it's going to be big. Does this end any discussion about Smart ever coaching anywhere else? I mean, you're a guy that played in the NFL. Could you see Smart one day wanting to try his hand at the NFL? Seems hard to imagine he'd ever leave for a different college job for all the the, the things that I just mentioned. I mean, is it obvious the forefront of this, and Smart's still a very young guy, that he's a Georgia lifer? Could you ever foresee a situation where we're talking about Smart coaching somewhere else other than UGA, be it the NFL or whatever else? Well, I know the wanted answer. The one answer is absolutely not. Georgia's the only yeah. place. But I, I think realistically, you look at the demands of um, college football coaches right now and uh, the lack of control that they have. And just understanding that the, the influence, um, you know, we talked about it last week in, on the show, that you know your opponent, you know what you're competing against in recruiting and um, that has changed. You're no longer competing against the facilities and the records and the ability to get guys into the NFL and win games. Those become, at times, secondary to the fact that a third party is willing to pay them millions of dollars to come here. And that's not uh, something that can be controlled through a coaching staff. And you also, with the transfer portal, understand that the demands have been not only recruiting high school, but now you're recruiting uh, the transfer portal as well as trying to retain as much as possible the guys in your own locker room. So um, the demands have certainly shifted, um, and, and I've seen already in assistant coaches a willingness to say, I'd rather just coach in the NFL. The hours might be tougher and the season's 16 games long and the stakes might be a little higher, but uh, I don't have to have the same worries, concerns, and constant recruitment that occurs in, in, at the college level, which has become a 365, almost 24 hours a day obligation uh, that, that a lot of coaches didn't sign up for. They want to be out there and, and coach the game and feel like they're being asked to do much, much more than um, where their passions lie. John, great stuff. I really appreciate you spending some time with us. I do hope you get a chance to enjoy uh, a lot here this uh, Memorial Day weekend. It's always a great pleasure to speak to you about uh, stuff involving UGA. So thanks for making some time for us here today. We'll look forward to getting a chance to speak to you soon. Always a good time to talk about our dog. Appreciate it, B.A. Thank you, John. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. So I think about this a lot. Um, like, Kirby's a little older than I am, but we're, f- you know, fairly close to the same age. I think he may only be like a year or two older than me. And, I, you know, my hope and wish is, is that in some form or fashion, I'm doing a Georgia football show for the rest of my life. And I don't know what a show looks like, you know, 20 years from now, you know, how the technology changes, things like that. Sometimes that's a little bit difficult to predict. But uh, as long as there are shows, as long as there is internet, as long as there is a way to reach an audience, I hope I'm always doing this. And assuming that the future looks a little bit like, you know, the, the current present does, sometimes I think about, what if I do this forever? You know, there's a chance the Kirby Smart is the 
coach of Georgia football the entire time I'm doing this. You know, like Saban's still coaching and he's 70. Uh, I don't really have any plans of retiring. I sort of hope to work, you know, as long as I'm healthy enough to be able to do so. There's a chance I'm just sort of talking about Kirby in this role for many decades to come, if that's what he wants. But on the flip side of that, you know, you know, given the money that he's about to make, and uh, we just saw Jay Wright, the very successful Villanova basketball coach, he has air quotes here retiring at 60. You know, there's a chance that Smart goes the other direction. Like if this is a 10 year deal and he makes someone in the neighborhood of 100 million dollars over the course of that time, or whatever the number is going to end up being. You know, maybe that's enough for him. I mean, it'd be enough for plenty of people. You could understand why. You know, still be a young guy, enjoy the money that you made, and I don't. I really don't know what Kirby would do. Be the host of College Game Day or something like that. I really don't know. Um, uh, but it's interesting to think, you know, how the future could look for him, given the fact that he's so young, he's had so much success, and you know, uh, barring bad health or bad decisions, you know, he could be in a position to do this for a lot longer if that's indeed what he wants to do interesting insight on john there on uh that and also interesting on the stuff related to sanford stadium and how it's going to be changed and improved like one of the things i do hear a lot from a lot of georgia fans when i mention donor i don't mention you know sometimes you hear kind of like donor class the uga and you picture like the monopoly man that's not what i'm talking about here just people who are giving money to the athletic program who like supporting uga like one of the things you do hear from them from time to time is hey you know in terms of being incentivized to do that it's a little tough to move up the food chain when it comes to home games like for mcgill society people like that it's a little bit easier to get access to like road games and bowl games and chick-fil-a kickoff type stuff college ball playoff tickets but sometimes moving up the ladder for these home games is not an easy thing to do because so many people have had tickets for you know decades and decades and decades as much as it sort of makes me sad to let go of my great seat there in the current press box you understand why Georgia wants more space to take care of more people because it does kind of free up other space to allow people to feel like the giving they're providing for UGA is being incentivized. So something to keep in mind there on that. By the way, Cruz run the SEC courtesy of Royal Caribbean. You know, it's a holiday weekend for many, a chance to enjoy an extra day off. It would have also been a great time to take one of those three or four night sailings on one of those Royal Caribbean cruise ships, whether it's like Independence of the Seas. We were just on that. Uh, you think about um, uh, Mariner of the Seas. That's another great option going out of Port Canaveral. One of those great sailings. Mariner of the Seas also a recently amplified ship. So some of the really cool stuff that you enjoy while on board a Royal Caribbean cruise ship, you get that on a Mariner. You get that on Independence of the Seas. It's actually really amazing to be on board those ships and see how fun they are. You know, there's also the large like the Oasis class ships, which it can be fun for like one of the seven night sailings. But I love the class of ships that's going very frequently on those three and four night sailings. So make sure you check this out if you haven't had a chance to already. Our friends at the Cruise and Vacation Authority can give you all the expert information that you need to, to have a great uh, Royal Caribbean cruise vacation. So find them online tcava.com that's the website tcava.com or give them a call 770-952-8300 that's 770-952-8300 so let me do this quick snapshot here told you before preseason uh athlon sports top 25 that magazine about to be on newsstands uh their preseason top 25 is online georgia number three on that list no surprise probably uh, just given what some of the offseason chatter has already been like. Bama is at one. Ohio State's at two. I think that Georgia is still very much an absolute player for this year's national championship. I believe they're probably a little undervalued, in fact, just given how much current discussion exists around Bama and Ohio State. To me, the question around Alabama is, okay, a lot of transfers coming in, all very talented players, but can talented players play well together? This is not fantasy football. You have to find a way to bring a lot of people who – 
you know, guy used to be at Louisville, guy used to be at Tech, guy used to be at Georgia, guy used to be, you know, wherever else. Now they're all under the same umbrella. Can you make them play well together? And this is not a theoretical conversation. This is not something that just exists in kind of a hypothetical realm. Nick Saban himself would tell you that team chemistry was a problem for Alabama a year ago. Guys like Ajayi Hall uh, were not happy with their role on the team, and the presence of a transfer, you have to think, kind of impacted some of that for him. Uh, so how does Alabama navigate that here this year, being preseason number one likely? Uh, that's obviously one of those things to think about. But right now, they're getting a lot from the preseason magazine. Behind Georgia, number five is Texas A&M. It's fair to point out here, this is not where the gambling market has A&M. A top five team, you're thinking about that being what, you know, 10 and 2, 11 and 1 regular season. But the current market on A&M has their over under somewhere in that sort of 8 9 range. You know, once again, pulling an 8 and 4, once again, pulling a 9 and 3. There's a little bit of a disconnect here between what kind of the sports rider says compared to the sports gambler when it comes to A&M. And the difference between the rider and the gambler is the gambler puts his money where his mouth is. He loses something financially if he is wrong. So I have a tendency to kind of lean in the direction of the gambler when it comes to some of these preseason projections. And top five in the country would be a little rich for the average sports better when it comes to the Aggies for this season. Uh, obviously, if AM's in top five form here this year, that's a pretty good indication they could be heading to bigger things for the future. But if they go eight and four again in the regular season, nine and three again in the regular season, for a lot of these Aggie boosters who allegedly have paid a bunch of money for NIL in the recruiting class, there could be a little restlessness. This to me is one of the biggest issues related to the current NIL scene. Some people seem to believe that eventually this will all settle down and take care of itself. If that does happen, a little bit of a market correction, the NIL thing being a little bit of a bubble or people throwing a bunch of money at something and then getting a little bit of cold feet when the payoff doesn't come quite as quickly as they think it's supposed to. A&M at preseason top five, according to the Athlon Sports Preseason Magazine, could be an interesting test case on some of that. Then you get to Tennessee at 18. Tennessee was obviously a very surprising team a year ago, way better than I thought they would be. But to go from what the Vols were to inside the top 25 this season, that's just a big ask for the Vols. Now, I think they'll obviously be ranked there at some point, but finishing ranked requires really getting some bigger wins than you got last season. And that means that next level of thing it's just a much more difficult step yeah maybe you do get Florida. that's the team that got you last year but you know are you really ready to compete with a georgia are you really ready to compete with an alabama most people would say no but they do come in preseason number 18 we've talked a lot about kentucky as of late there seems to be a little bit of a groundswell to say hey maybe kentucky can uh shock the world and upset georgia they are 21st in athlon's preseason top 25 that seems probably about right for me arkansas comes in at 22 if anybody is sort of misranked in all of this it may be the hogs there i could see arkansas being better than than uh number 22 i would say on paper they're probably better than both kentucky and tennessee obviously they play in a tough division but listen they've handled that tough division better than a lot of folks thought sam Pittman would be able to but six teams in the preseason athlon top 25 no south carolina by the way that's an omission that will not be copied by everybody else we'll see some of the other preseason top 25s have south carolina and my guess is the official poll will probably include them too, but we'll find out that's the case. For now, we'll make that cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. I mentioned A&M and NIL a moment ago. Our buddy Mad Dog, who's always so great with his golden shoe submissions, 
had some fun with that the other day. You know, on the Aggies helmet, they put the T for Texas in between the A and the M. So it obviously looks like ATM when you see it on the helmet. And obviously, uh, our buddy Mad Dog bringing that up with the idea of an ATM, an automatic teller machine, automated teller machine. He says when your team's logo coincidentally is an ATM, so funny stuff by Mad Dog pulling out the cash. A lot of folks say that's how they built this recruiting class. Jimbo denies it, but uh, it's still the hot topic around there right now. It's actually also a very good Photoshop job by our buddy Mad Dog on that well-earned golden shoe for him. About 4,890 days, that's how long it's been since those lousy stinking Gators have won a national championship. And 152 days from right now, dogs in Jacksonville beating up on Florida again. We know what happens at 3.30 that day, and we think we know the outcome there as well. Happy Memorial Day. We'll see you tomorrow on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Pella, window and door of Georgia.